Hey church, it is great to be with you as we continue our series, Love Does. As we jump into this, you know, one area where our nation needs love is in the unrest we see all across our nation, especially this week in response to the grand jury announcements regarding the tragic death of Breonna Taylor. And so I thought as we get started, maybe you would just join me as we pray for our nation and for the Taylor family. Let's pray together. God, we pray right now that you would bring justice and peace to our nation. We pray for the Taylor family in their grief, that they would know that you love them and that you are with them and that God's people would surround them. We pray for our nation, God. We pray for peace. Uh, we pray that the riots would end and there wouldn't be people who rise up to destroy their own home. But instead, God, we pray that there would be a robust and honest conversation about how we build a society that is as just as possible for all people, where all people know they are loved and are valued, and where we work together and have complicated conversations while loving one another. This is our prayer for our nation, God. Would you work to make it so? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we are in our second week of Love Does, and already so many things are happening. It's actually week one of the study, and a lot of groups, I've been so impressed with how many people have jumped in to launching groups. Also this week, unrelated to Love Does, but I'm pretty excited about this, our high school retreat was this weekend, and man, it is awesome. I got to be out there some Saturday morning. They are having such a great time. Uh, it's just one example of the way the work of the church keeps moving and keeps happening. It's a little harder this year than most years. Everything's a little more complicated this year, but it keeps moving forward. And that happens because of your generosity to God's church. So thank you for how you give to keep the work of God's church moving with things like the high school retreat. This week, as we enter week one of the Love Does study, I want you to think about someone who was with you. Maybe it was a story like this one. She wasn't sure exactly where she was. She'd studied the map before she left, but now she was lost in a new town. Walking around trying to get to know her neighborhood, she wasn't sure exactly how to get back. It was darker than she had expected. The street lights seemed to cast more shadow than they did light. She heard a noise. She looked over her shoulder to be sure. And sure enough, her friend was still with her. They were together. Oh, soon they would find the right road and make it back to her new apartment. But that moment, they were lost and together, which is so much better than being lost. And alone. Or the story of a couple that I talked to on the phone recently. They had suffered a tragic loss. I called up, not sure what to say, not sure what I could offer. We spoke a couple minutes and I asked, do you need anything? How are you doing? And they responded, they said, no, we don't need anything and we're doing okay. We've never been alone the whole time. 
they went on to tell me that the church is the way they put it. The church was with us in the hospital when we had to make some difficult decisions. The church was waiting at our house when we drove home from the hospital. The church was with us the next night and the next and the next. In fact, they said the church is with us right now. We better get off the phone to go see who's at the door. They were okay. They didn't need anything because the church was with them. Or I think about a student of mine. When I was a youth minister, this is more than 20 years ago, they had some stuff going on in their life that they needed to tell their parents about. It was not going to be an easy conversation. They'd been building up to it for a couple of days. And the moment of truth was upon them when they were going to tell their parents and I got a phone call. They said, Ethan, would you come be with me? I, not quite getting it, I said more than I should. I said, well, do you want me to tell your parents? Do you want me to do the talking? Should I just meet with your parents? They said, no, no, no. I just need somebody with me. So I showed up, sat awkwardly in the corner of the living room while they talked to their parents on and on. It was a beautiful, redemptive conversation. And they needed me, but they didn't need me to talk or give them advice. They just needed me to be with them. And this is what love does. Love says, I am with you. This whole series, this whole Love Does series, the premise of this series is to look at the love of God and how it acts in our lives and then recognize how we could be agents of love in the world. If we were going to do love, if we were going to act out love, what would that look like? And when we look at the love of God, one of the first ways we see the love of God expressed is with God's presence. I I love what God says to the people as they're about to enter the promised land in Deuteronomy 31, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of your enemies, for the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. And that little promise, God will never leave you or forsake you, it shows up all over the Bible because it's that important. One of the first ways God loves us is by being with us. Psalm 46, we looked at uh, back a little bit after Easter, and it, it talks about a time of national turmoil. Nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall, God lifts his voice, and the earth melts. And then in verse 7, it says this, The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. The nations may be in turmoil, but God is solid. God is steady and God is with us. It goes on, come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes the wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. And then he says, be still and know that I am God. 
I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. And then the psalm ends what it already said. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. One of the first ways God acts in love for us is by declaring, I am with you. And then we get to Jesus. And all of this withness of God just becomes doubly true. I love, I don't know if you ever noticed this, the book of Matthew introduces Jesus and ends the story of Jesus with the same promise. God is with us. Did you ever notice that? That both Jesus' entrance and his exit is with the promise of the presence of God in our life. Jesus' entrance is described this way, Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, but did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And then Matthew adds this narrative comment. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, God with us. That's the way Jesus is introduced. Here's the way he makes his exit. Matthew 28, verse 16. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. Surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. It's the way Jesus' ministry starts, God with us. It's the way it ends, I am with you, because that is what the love of God looks like. The love of God looks like God with us. And because God loves us in this way, we also must love in this way. The, the decision we make to be with is one of the most profound ways you can love. In fact, for many of us, for many of us, the most important way we can show others that God is with them is when we are with them. And for many of us, the main way we learn that God is with us is when God's church is with us. The withness of God is demonstrated in the withness of God's people. So, this series, Love Does, is all about us not just learning about God's love, but us acting out God's love. And I'm just going to challenge you, this is where it starts. All the other ways we want to show love don't happen unless we first show up and be with 
the people we are trying to love. Do you know someone who is in grief or worry? Go be with them. Maybe, it, maybe just even a text message. I, I had a conversation recently with somebody. They told me about a, a hard conversation that they were going to have. About 20 minutes before the conversation, I just texted them and said, hey, I'm with you in this. Let me know how it goes. About, about 20 minutes into the conversation, I just texted. I said, I'm with you in this. I'm still praying for you. After the conversation ended, they gave me a text. They said, it was a hard conversation, but thanks for being with me. And maybe you know somebody. I, I, I was the recipient of the withness of God recently, um, trying to make another, you know, just one of the thousands of decisions we've had to make in this season when we weren't exactly sure what to do. I was in conversation with somebody who, who they also weren't sure what to do, and we were trying to figure out what to do, and should we do this, and should we do this, and I just said, I'm just so tired, I don't know. And they said, hey, don't worry. I am with you in this. We'll make the best decision we can, and if it turns out to be wrong, we'll fix it next month. But I am with you. Who do you know in grief or worry who needs you to be with them? God's word tells us that we're to be with one another in celebration. Who do you know who's celebrating right now? Have you remembered to be with them in that? Maybe that means you go to the party. Maybe that means you send them a note. Maybe that means you send them a text. Maybe that means you just praise God alongside their praise of God, and they don't even know that you're with them, but you are with them. Obviously, there's a challenge to the withness of God's people right now, isn't it? I mean, I know it. You know it. This season actually poses a challenge, a disruption to our strategies of withness. On the one hand, we can't reject the reasonable safety precautions that our governor and local health officials are asking us to take, like wearing masks and distancing. If that's going to help people stay healthy, well, we're going to do that. That's obvious. But we also can't abdicate the call to love others by being with one another. We may have to practice social distancing, but we can't let that be an excuse for becoming socially distant. So that's going to be extra hard, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. You see, because God's love for us always says, I am with you. So our love must always say, I am with you. And, and you're going to have to decide, do I plan to love others in this way? Do I plan to show up in the lives of others? Listen, if you're still looking for a love does group, that'd be a great way to, to be with some people and demonstrate some love. It is not too late. You can go online, fcc-jc.org slash love does. There's a big button that says join a love does group. We have launched dozens and dozens of groups in the last two weeks. I'm so proud of all the people who have taken that challenge and said, I'm going to gather some friends and launch a group. Uh, but maybe that wasn't your challenge. Maybe you, you just need to join a group, just be, to be with some people. Well, we've got a group, groups for you to join, so click the button. If you want it even simpler, 
Just show up to the pavilion at church on Monday evening. There's going to be an outdoor mid-sized group. It's going to be awesome. We're, we can't wait to have you there. Show up Monday nights. Uh, look online for the info on the times on that. Just show up and be part of our Monday night group. We'd love to have you do that. But you don't have to have a Love Does group to act on this challenge. In fact, this challenge needs to be bigger than join a Love Does group. I got two challenges for you, okay? The first one I'm going to call think and thank. Think and thank. T-H-I-N-K, T-H-A-N-K. The first challenge I have for you is this. Would you think about someone who has loved you in this way? Someone who showed up when you needed them to show up. They were with you. Who is that person who at a key moment or at a key season in your life was with you? Think about it. And then would you thank them? Let them know that their presence in your life in that moment mattered. That, you were th they, that they were there mattered and made a difference. That you knew the love of God because you knew their love, not through anything else they did except that they were with you. Think about them and then thank them. That's challenge number one. Here's challenge number two. Notice and show up. Be aware enough to notice who in your life needs the support of your presence right now. For years, I don't know, 15, maybe 20, something like that, one of the things I've done either professionally or outside of my work is train youth sponsors. I just love getting down, meeting a new set of uh, people who want to pour into our teenagers. I love training youth sponsors. And there's a lot of stuff to that training. We talk about how to lead a small group, how to answer tough questions, how to say I don't know, how to play a silly game even when you don't really understand the game, how to, you know, we talk about lots of things. But the first thing I say and the last thing I say, the number one thing I teach youth sponsors is this simple mantra, and if you're a youth sponsor and I've never taught you this, learn it now. The secret to being a good youth sponsor is just show just show up. Uh, lots of studies that were done way back in the 70s and 80s that I kind of read as I was beginning my ministry career uh, determined that for a teenager to trust an adult, they had to have 13 hours of interaction with that adult. 13 hours. Well, that means you've got to show up a lot before the kids even begin. That's just to begin to trust you. Research that was added onto that about 20 years later showed that the bigger the age gap, the bigger the culture gap, whether they're, they're maybe, they're, maybe if one's rich and one's poor, or if there's a racial gap, or if they're, whatever, the bigger the, the sociological gap between that adult and that student, the more times you gotta show up. So the first secret for a youth sponsor to love and care for a youth group is to show up again and again and again and trust that your commitment to be with them demonstrates love that will eventually bear the fruit of them trusting you. Now, why do I tell you that? Well, in part, because you should all be youth sponsors and that you already know the first lesson. Just show up.
Just keep coming. Stay in their life. Don't give up. But even if you never become a youth sponsor, that lesson applies to all of our relationships. It applies to marriages. It applies to parenting. It applies to coaching t-ball. It applies to your Sunday school class. Just show up. It applies to your groups. It applies to work. Go to work, right? It applies to any place you want to show love. The reliability of your presence will be the first way you show love. It'll be the foundation on which all other work of love is built. First, you have to show up. So remember challenge one, think and think. Who has shown up in your life? Make sure you thank them for that. Challenge two is this. Notice and show up. Where is the place or the person where you need to show love and recognize that the prerequisite for all the other love God might call you to show is that you show up, that you are with them? Is it a friend in grief or a friend who's lonely? Is it a group here at church? Is it with your own family? Parents, some, sometimes we get in seasons, this has happened to me, where the most important thing my kids needed from me was that I would just show up in their lives. And if that's what you need to hear today, take that. Where is it that you need to show love? And before you can show love, you're going to have to show up. Because that is how God loves you. From the garden to the restoration of all things in the new heaven and new earth in Revelation, God's first promise of love, that God never breaks, I am with you. God shows up. That is how God has loved you. And now we get to love others the same way. Show up. Be with those God is calling you to love. Because that is what love does. Let's pray. Gracious God, teach us to love. Teach us to love you and receive your love, your presence in our lives. And teach us to love others our families, our church, our friends, our children, our parents. And help us to know that kind of the step one in that love, the first act of love on which all other love is built is that we choose to be with them, that we show up in their lives. I pray for some people who need to take that step today, who need to be challenged to step out and really be with the ones they're called to love. God, would you please awaken them to this opportunity right now? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.